Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. We will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. I have a dream today. Today we honor the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What he stood for, what his family stood for, you talk about sacrifice and, and equality. Free at last. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thank you to Dr. Martin Luther King. The fighters continue. For him to, to really grow up here in Atlanta, and I know how much he means to the city. This is the ATL on MLK. This year's Martin Luther King Day slate was one to remember around the league, but we have got to start with the last game of the night because Russell Westbrook, he detonated on Rudy Gobert at the rim, and that's got to be his signature highlight as a Laker to date. And then earlier in the day, John Morant pulled off this ridiculous 360-degree layup as the Grizzlies beat the Bulls. In Memphis now, they have won 12 out of their last 13 games. And Luka Doncic, he knocked a triple-double in a two-point win over the Thunder. It was his 41st career triple-double. All other Mavericks have combined for 40 triple-doubles. That's in team history. But Luka, he wasn't the only superstar who dropped a triple-double last night. Jimmy Butler, he gave the Raptors 19, 10, and 10. Hoo-wee! It was Jimmy's ninth career regular season triple-double with the Heat that ties LeBron James for the most in franchise history. And the Heat, they quietly crept to the top of the Eastern standings. And then there's Devin Booker, who dropped 48 points in a road win in San Antonio. That's the most he's ever scored in a win. And remember that beef with the Raptors mascot last week? Well, since then, Booker is averaging 37.7 points per game, and the Suns are 3-0. So, okay, Devin Booker, we see you. Joining Matt Barnes and Tim Legler at the desk, I'm Malika Andrews, and welcome to NBA Today. Kendrick Perkins, J.J. Redick, Adrian Wojnarowski are going to be stopping by in just a little bit. But we just saw it. There were 12 games across the league yesterday. We just hit on some major storylines. But, Tim, to you, what stood out the most? Great performances around the league yesterday, but for me, it's got to be the Cavaliers. You know, I, I look at that game as a statement game, and I know the Nets don't have Kevin Durant, but still, you've got Kyrie trying to now find his way and get his rhythm. You've got James Harden there. You've got Kyrie returning to Cleveland. So this is a big moment for the Cavaliers. They've been hot lately, but these are one of those games, a young team that's playing unconventional lineups the way they are with three seven-footers. You get the Nets coming into your building on a game like this 
with this kind of profile and make that kind of statement, this is an enormous confidence builder. And I think in particular, I'm looking at Darius Garland. 27 and 13 dimes in his last Ooh. three games. John Moran is an MVP candidate. This is another guy from the 2019 draft when a few picks later, not getting enough attention. Some people think maybe he could play his way into the All-Star game. That's possible. But people need to start watching what this young man is doing because he's lighting it up right now, not only as a scorer, but also as a facilitator, taking control of that team. Absolutely. I like that young, hungry Cavs team. But I was coaching my kids all day. Shout out to G1. We won the championships. <laughs> I missed Woo! the majority of the games. I saw highlights, but I was able to catch the Laker game. Ending their three-game skid versus the number one offense in the league in the Utah Jazz, holding them to 37% from the field. 26 from the three-point line. We're obviously going to talk about them later, so I don't want to get too in-depth, but they just played with energy and passion last night, and uh, it was good to see. Don't worry, you don't have to get too in-depth because we will be talking more about the Lakers and the Utah Jazz a little bit later in the show. But let's bring in J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins for the same question. Perk, what was your biggest takeaway from MLK Day Hoops? Well, I was down there in Miami, so it's only right for me to go with them goons from Dade County. And here's <laughs> why. I think that we all forgot that this team was actually in the finals two years ago. And now they've added Kyle Lowry and they added P.J. Tucker. And now, bam, Adebayo is back. And he looked like he hadn't skipped a beat. So when I look at them and I look at their culture, it's just like, hey, they hang their hats on the defensive end. They have enough firepower when it comes down to Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero, he said, put some respect on his name. He's been balling. And they have the best basketball coach in the game in Eric Sposher, a guy that knows how to switch it up on the fly. And when I look at this Miami Heat team, they're my dark horse to win it all. They could beat any team in the NBA in a seven-game series when healthy. Whoa, whoa, dark horse to win it all. Okay, JJ, I don't know if you can follow that with your takeaways from Martin Luther King Day, can you? Well, actually, I agree with Perk. I agree with Pork. When healthy, I could see the Heat oh. winning it all. But, but look, my, my big takeaway from yesterday, and really from the last uh, 10 days or so, is that the Phoenix Suns should mm -hmm. be and are the favorites in the West. They're the only team in the NBA mm. with a top five offense and a top five defense. They're 34-9. The combination of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton have only played in 23 games together, and they're still 34-9. This is a very deep team. And I want to give a shout-out to Mikel Bridges, who should absolutely be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year and certainly a first-team all-defensive team selection this year. There were so mm -hmm. many good games yesterday. There were so many good teams to keep an eye on. Perk and JJ, please stick around because we're going to be coming back to you shortly. But I promise we're going back to the Lakers, so let's go back to the Lakers and what they did in Crypto.com Arena last night because it was an interesting game. So LeBron James and the Lakers, they were hosting the Jazz across the street, Tim Legler. Mm. It, it was an interesting matchup here. I want to pick it up, though. Let's go to the second quarter because the Lakers are up four here. LeBron James brings the ball up the floor, stops, pops. You know it's good, Tim Lake. You got to live with that. If you're the Jazz, what are you going to do? LeBron would walk up three. That's the shot you wanted to take, but he was feeling it. But are you going to live with this? We need to see that again and again and again because he just took flight there. That's going to be nightmares for Rudy Gobert oh, yeah. for a while. And, and I'm right. happy for Russ. Russ has taken so much heat this season, man. I'm happy. Even if he got a, he got a tech, he didn't care. We didn't care. Beautiful to see. That's a tech that you eat. So the Lakers were up six at the halftime, but then early in the fourth, they're down nine here. LeBron James all the way to the hoop. 
LeBron has added, LeBron has been working a lot smarter instead of harder. I love these small back cuts working from the pinch post and posting up on the block and it's really got this team going. Well, and then you have Stanley Johnson hitting Avery Bradley for the corner three. So the Lakers role players, they were really stepping up in this game. I know we just showed a Stanley Johnson pass, but he had 10 of his 15 points in the fourth and then this was just icing on the cake. And Russ Westbrook, he's going to let the fans and his team know it. Here's LeBron James after the game. When you sent out that tweet making that promise, what did you say to the team or what did you have in mind to say to the team? I didn't say anything to the team. I am, I'm, it's my accountability, holding accountability for myself and my teammates. Um, I didn't say anything to the guys. It's, you know, talk can be cheap at times. You just got to go out and have action. We all understood that our effort and energy wasn't where it needed to be. You know, in the Denver game, um, in the second half of the Memphis game, and then whatever the other game we lost, where we weren't given maximum effort. So, you know, that starts with me as a leader of the team and just taking the onus, letting Laker Nation know it wasn't about anybody. It was about our fans and the people that ride and die for the Lakers every single day. Um, you know, let them know that I, that I got this and it wouldn't happen again. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Lakers had given up over 128 points per game during their three-game losing streak, which was the worst in the league, but allowed just 95 points to the Jazz last night. That's the fewest points they've allowed in over a month. So the Lakers, they got the win, but Tim, you weren't necessarily convinced that things have turned around here. What did you see from the Lakers? Yeah, listen, much-needed win, but let's keep it in perspective. I think that was the worst I saw Utah play all year. I mean, they, they, they had four threes, they didn't shoot the ball well, and then they had key breakdowns at the wrong time. I mean, look, if you're, you're going to get contributions out of your role players at the right time, Lakers got it last night. Stanley Johnson was huge in the fourth quarter. And I just want to talk about, you know, this is a critical possession. I think the biggest possession of the game. Just to give people an idea, an anatomy of a play. And how does it happen that you get this sort of breakdown here at the end by the part of the Utah Jazz? Now, first, take a look right here. Now, this is LeBron James. And you want to know what it's like to be a superstar in the NBA. This is what it looks like in late game possessions. All right, you got four guys loaded up on this side of the lane, ready to give help. LeBron sort of sees that. It is right now a one possession game. It's 92-89, two and a half minutes to go. So he decides he's just going to take the jump shot. As this ball goes up, here's what happens. Rudy Gobert is taught to just go get it. So he's watching the flight of the basketball. The problem is, so is Royce O'Neal. And when he does that, he does not get what he needs to, which is a chip right here on Stanley Johnson. If he gets a chip, Rudy Gobert gets the ball, the Jazz come down with a chance to potentially tie the game. It doesn't happen. So what happens instead, take a look at the free run that Stanley Johnson gets to this basketball. And now, Matt knows this, offensive rebounds, you've now got chaos on your hands. So when this ball gets kicked out to the corner, Utah, once again, they're looking at LeBron and take a look at where everybody's eyes are. Rudy Gobert obviously providing help at the edge of the lane, but everybody else on the floor is doing the same thing. And the key is this, Donovan Mitchell is watching the action here. He's keeping his eyes on this part of the lane. And when you get a flash by Stanley Johnson right to the middle, the problem is Donovan Mitchell reacts to that 
and now you're going to get Avery Bradley float to the corner. So when that offensive rebound took place, you see Royce O'Neal's in no man's land. No one's really guarding anybody except for on the ball. And as a result, you get this flash. Mitchell reacts to it. You've got four guys in the lane, and now you get this simple float to the corner by Avery Bradley. Great job by Stanley Johnson finding him, hits him in rhythm, hits him in the cradle. Huge shot. So now, when you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got LeBron James, how nice it is in a luxury to get role players help determine the game. And Stanley, right. they don't win the game without what Stanley Johnson did in the fourth quarter of this game. And Avery Bradley obviously stepping up with the three, gives the Lakers a much-needed win. But let's not think overnight they turned into the bad boys Pistons defensively. <laughs> but Matt, you chose them as yes. your your team of the night, yes. if you will. So do you agree with that assessment from Lex? Agreed. One game is not going to switch any kind of mentality or anything. It has to be something they consistently build on. First of all, they need to stand, sign Stanley Johnson for the season. He's one of the young, hungry guys that they just don't have it. They have an older team. This team all knows they're built for the playoffs. So obviously, not saying that they're on Kuz control, but they kind of are, but not understanding these new guys. L.A. Is, is, is a daily conversation for the Lakers. You know what I mean? So if you're at 500 at this point in the season, you're going to be talked about. But I know this team is gearing up and ramping up towards the playoffs. But they have to understand there is some importance during the regular season. We're waiting for AD to get healthy. We're waiting for their chemistry of their big three to get on. But again, this team is built for the playoffs. So I think as long as they're healthy, they're going to have a chance still. Well, you mentioned the magic words, healthy and Anthony Davis. Our right. Dave McMenamin reported that hopefully on this road trip that they're going on, that's when the Lakers are targeting for him to finally make his return. And the Lakers, they face Indiana tomorrow night, but then they go on their longest road trip of the season. It's six games away from home. It takes them through Orlando, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Charlotte, Atlanta. This is the Grammys the Grammy road trip. trip. Yeah, it's the Grammys trip. Even without yeah. the Grammys, it's the All Grammys right. trip, if you will. We still have so much to come on NBA Today, though. Kendrick Perkins. He's now a producer on the show, apparently, because John Moran's top plays of the season. That is coming up next. Plus, should the Nets change their strategy with no KD and half Kyrie? One of our analysts has a surprising take, and bam, just like that, he is back. So with Adebayo's return to the Heat, are they a low-key, the team to beat in the East? Stay tuned. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Tim Legler and Matt Barnes with me in studio. Should we talk about John Morant a little bit? Let's do it. Don't ever get tired of talking about John Morant. Absolutely not, especially when he is on the tear like he has been. So the Grizzlies, they were hosting the Bulls. John Morant, so he's tripped up here by Tony Bradley, and this leads to a little bit of a back and forth here. They get into it, an altercation, shoving, grabbing. Steven Adams, watch him in the corner there. He pulls yeah. Bradley away. Watch it again. So he gets tangled up there, Matt. What do you see? That's how I pick my three-year-old up when he does something <laughs> wrong in the room and I need to get him away. This is unbelievable. I mean, Steven Adams is just looking incredibly strong here. Yeah. Here's John Morant after the game. Steven Adams literally picked him up. As he should. And carried him to the other side of the court. As he should. You if like he was having in, a guy like that on your team? Yeah, because I'd do the same for him. That's how I was raised. Well, we can't talk about the Grizzlies and not bring in the president of the John Morant fan club. So we're going to get to Kendrick Perkins in just a little bit. But, mm, I mean... Where does this rank on John Morant plays for you, Matt Barnes? I mean, he, he gives us, we're, we're, we're in for a real treat. I mean, he does this every single night, so just add this to the list. Well, 
and the list is growing longer by the day. I mentioned him already, and there is the president, the man, the myth, the legend mm -hmm. of the John ja Morant fan club. It is Kendrick Perkins. Mm -hmm. So, Perk, I know you. You like the flash that Ja brings to the game, but I also know that the grittiness, the, what do you say, the not cute stuff, that matters a little bit more to you. So what impressed you the uh, most? Was it the uh, 360 dunk or the willingness to fight six foot ten Tony Bradley here? Well, we already warned us that he's not afraid of anybody, so that wasn't a surprise about with him and, and, and the young man, Tony Bradley, getting into it. But the 360 spin move, like, are we going to continue to see highlights from him every single night? The answer is yes. And I'm not just on John Morant. I'm completely on the dark side. And I have an open invitation to you, Tim Legler, <laughs> and Matt Barnes to come and join before it's too late. Matter of fact, Malika, why why are you and I the only per people on this two box? Where is JJ Reddick right now? Where's JJ Reddick? Does he have an invitation no, for the dark side? Is, there that, he is. I don't there get go. an invitation. There you go. So no no no, hold on, hold on, JJ. You my guy. So listen, two weeks ago, I mentioned to you and I tried to be nice. I, I told you that Ja was in the MVP conversation. I told you about everything, how special he was. And you said he's not in the MVP conversation. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now, <laughs> two weeks later, to retract this and come on over to the dark side, jump on the job at the G12 train, and go ahead in the middle and say, you know what, Perk? I was wrong. He's actually He actually is in the MVP conversation. Perk, let's just Mom? be very clear about what I said. I said he wasn't at the time in the top five in my MVP estimation. Um, but, yeah, he can be part of the conversation. That's fine, Perk. I'll agree with you. He can be part of the conversation. <laughs> so that means he's that's, on the dark that's, that's side a, or not? No, I mean, he's still, his ad, the way J.J. said it, his attitude. Contradicting, We haven't yeah. really, well, he's, now. Nah, yeah, I don't really know yet. He got to yeah. give Perk, me a little Perk, bit more. Perk, 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 you know, Perk, you know, we talked about this, Perk. I love, I love John Morant. I've been talking I know. about the Grizzlies since last spring. I love the Grizzlies and what they've built there. I just don't think. He's not the MVP right now, man. That's okay. It's okay. He's who having is? a great season. Who, he should be first-team All-NBA. But, mm. but, but, JJ, let me ask you a question. Who is the MVP right now? Because the MVP, you have to be winning along right. with putting up numbers. Kevin Durant's not doing that. Steph Curry has been struggling. DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls have been struggling. So right now, mm -hmm. who tell me who who is playing better basketball? And by the way, the NBA, the NBA came out with their rankings today. And guess who's the number one team in the power rankings? The Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm saying right now, today, what's today is? January the what? It's the 18th. 18th the 19th? I, okay, I need you to, to, to make it clear to me. Who okay. is over John Morant right now in for us being the front runner? And why? I, I, again, Perk, I'm going to go back to this. In their run, in this current run they've had, they're 11-2 without him. Okay, that's just a fact. That hurts his case for MVP. That does. I want to pose a question, actually, on that topic of MVP. Hold on a second. I wait for you to say I want to put. This is one of the weirdest seasons so far when we talk about MVP because this has changed week to week. And if you did an MVP vote yep. right now, there could be six or seven guys that would get a first-place vote. We've, had, we've seen in the last few years unanimous MVPs. We've seen one or two guys get first-place votes. This thing is definitely wide open. I agree with you. I just don't have John Moran as the MVP. That's all. J He's not giving J a specific J name. And, and it's just not John Moran. No. Well, Perk, I, and, I know... And JJ, 
I know this is Kendrick Perkins today. This is no longer NBA today, and you're straight up producing the show now, calling in J.J. Reddick, all that. I, I'm going to help you out here, Perk, because we have some of John Morant's most outstanding plays this year. So maybe rolling through some of those, maybe that oh. is going to change his <laughs> we'll mind. All right, them. so let's, let's, run let's, let's run them. Let's run, run them. Them. Since you gave me permission, let's do it. We're going to start with the Cavs and the Grizzlies. It's the first week of the season. Josh sets the tone early. Look at that. I mean, catching lobs, catching bodies. My goodness. Go. And then, That's that Russell Westbrook in them. Well, he likes to spread the wealth, too, because he can pass. Take a look at this. Mm. Full court. That's, the, that's that Ray John Rondo in them. Catches, turns, pass, does it all. All right, and then there's something about Los Angeles, because John Morant always puts on a show when he comes here. Acrobatic layup that's through traffic. That that's that Kyrie Irving in them. Well, and you already know what this is, Big Perk. Is it a block? Did that, we decide it's a block? Jo Did we decide it's a steal? That, that's that Jordan S in them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I so mean, then what, what's this saying, one, Big Perk? John Wall. Is that, it the John that's, Wall? That's the Kyrie Irving. Oh, okay. The, yeah, I say the John Wall, but I say that's the Kyrie Irving. Well, in the craftiness. Clearly the just continues the to show why. Point, point taken, point proven. Carry on. Carry I'm on. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. He's just saying carry on. All right. So the Grizzlies, they've won 12 of 13, but Perk has made sure we got all our Grizzlies in for this show. The quota has been met. 12 of 13 for the Grizzlies. On the flip side, though, Chicago, they are really struggling. They're losers of four in a row, five of six, and those losses have been against some of the top teams in the league. It includes Brooklyn, Dallas, Golden State, Boston, Memphis. So during the losing streak, the Bulls, they rank last in defensive efficiency, net rating, rebounds per game, and points off turnovers. And Zach Levine has missed the last two games, and he will be reevaluated next week. So, Matt, what's your diagnosis here on what's ailing the Bulls? I don't think really anything. I think up to this point, they've exceeded expectations. They were my dark horse uh, surprise team of the year. They've been that. They're still number one in the East. They're dealing with some injuries right now. I still think they're a top four team in the East. So I don't really necessarily think anything is wrong. They're just in this nasty January stretch right now. Yeah, I agree. Look, when you lose talent and Zach Levine goes out, right, that's going to contribute to what's going on. I will say this, though. To me, I, go, I will go to the barometer game that they had. They had a nine-game winning streak, a national TV game against the Nets, okay? Everybody was hyped for this game. We wanted to see, you know, how do they stand up to a team like Brooklyn? What happens in that game? Pretty good first half. They get their doors blown off at home in the second half of that game. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that was a little bit of a jolt to their confidence because you think they came out the next game, got blown out by the Golden State Warriors. So this is exactly the only played four minutes in that game, so it's a little bit different. But I do think that was a barometer for where they really stack up. They've had a great start. They've been a great story. I think they're legitimately a team that can make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But when you lose Zach Levine, it puts too much pressure on DeMar DeRozan. He has not been very efficient the last couple of games. Injuries to talent matters in this league. Absolutely. And, and when he's out, it's hard to judge the Bulls. But that Nets game, I'm going to have a hard time getting that out of my mind and what they did to Chicago that night. And I have some iffy news for Bulls fans. They host the Cavs tomorrow night. Remember Cleveland? They were your team. They are riding a five-game winning streak right now. So we'll see what happens with that hurdle that they have yet to face. And we still have much more to come on NBA Today. Sound from Kyrie Irving last night that you should probably hear and how it's going to affect the Nets on court strategy moving forward and clay thompson he is back but draymond green is still out so how the warriors can get it back on track a live report from kendra andrews shortly on dub nation and 
I don't know how our staff narrowed it down, but the top plays from yesterday's jam-packed MLK Day slate in just a little bit. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kyrie Irving returning to the city that he began his NBA career in. Oh, some sauce by Kyrie Irving. Irving, pull up. Oh, yeah. Kyrie Irving. And Thomas turns it over. Loop ahead. Oh, razzle dazzle. Big time highlight for the Cavaliers. Needs help. Irving, too far. And the old Coro jam puts Cleveland in front comfortably. The Nets fall to a much-improved Cleveland squad. So the Nets lose the first game they've played after Kevin Durant's injury, and they're now 2-2 two and two in games that Kyrie has played in in this season. And then on the other side, the Cavs have the longest winning streak in the NBA at five in a row. And in that span, they lead the league in field goal percentage, and they rank second in points in the paint, and they're tied for fourth in assists per game. But... Going back to Kyrie, if you were holding out some hope that eventually he was going to get vaccinated and return to full-time action, yesterday's post-game press conference put an end to that speculation. When asked by our Nets reporter Nick Friedel if Kevin Durant's injury would sway him towards getting vaccinated, Kyrie said this. Kev's going to heal. Kev's going to be okay. You know, and we're going to have to deal with that as his teammates. But in terms of where I am, with my life outside of this, I, I stay rooted in, in my decision. And that's just what it is. Respect everyone else's decision. I'm not going to ever uh, <clears throat> try to convince anyone of anything or any of that. I just am standing, standing rooted in what I believe in. And though we're dealing with this right now with Kev, I just know that I'm protected by the organization. I'm protected by my teammates. I'm protected by uh, all the doctors I've talked to. And, um, you know, I just stand rooted. All right, so the Nets, they have three more games on the road where Kyrie can play before a quick two-game homestand against the Lakers and the Nuggets. And then after that, they're going to embark on a five-game road trip. So back with J.J. and Perk, I, I really... I don't want to get into Kyrie Irving's vaccination status. I have no more time, breath, or energy for that. But I do want to talk about basketball. So knowing what we know now, no Kevin Durant for four to six weeks, no Kyrie Irving for home games for the foreseeable future. JJ, I want to start with you. What's the best course of action for the Nets moving forward? The best course of action is to maintain the status quo. And frankly, I don't think they really have any other option here. Um, look, this team has basically piecemealed rosters game to game due to COVID, due to injuries, due to the availability of Kyrie Irving. They're, look, they're very similar in a way to the Lakers. They're a very top-heavy roster. And when you have a top-heavy roster with three guys making the, the, uh, the, the maximum contract, 
there's not the, the financial means to go out and trade for players. You're not going to trade those three guys. Joe Harris is the one guy who has a sizable contract that you could you could trade, but he's still injured with an ankle injury. So I, I think the, the, the strategy here is play Kyrie when he's available, James Harden has to go nuts, and get great contributions from your, from your bench. Park? Well, here's the thing, okay? Now Steve Nash is going to actually have to get in, into his bag and start coaching. That's number one. Second of all, you're going to have to use LaMarcus Aldridge. And I keep going back to this. Look, if you don't have KD for, uh, for a month or a month and a half and you know you only got Kyrie for, for away games, LaMarcus Aldridge, I, I think the record is like 8-2 and two or 9-2 and two when, he, when he scores 20-plus or more points. You have to put him back in the lineup and take some of that pressure off of James Harden, especially at home games, and go through him on that low block and feature him in the offense because – the LaMarcus Aldridge I saw before he had to go on the COVID protocol, he was balling. Now, I'm not saying he was looking like a LaMarcus Aldridge of a, 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 in Portland, but he was looking something similar, a little bit close to it. Mm. So you have to utilize him, put him back in the office, go through him a little bit, let him get his touches, and let him help you out. Well, and we were talking about it yesterday, and I was saying that 11 of the Nets' next 14 games are on the road. So they do have this big stretch where they're going to have Kyrie Irving be able to build a little bit of continuity. But continuity is also something they've never had with this roster with the big three, with James mm -hmm. Harden missing time with his hamstring injury. With Kyrie Irving, remember, when they traded for James Harden, Kyrie wasn't with the team because he was taking a personal hiatus for several weeks. And so this is something that this organization is used to. They have said over and over, over again that their goals, despite the injuries, despite uh, not having players available full-time, is to win a championship. And so this is the time where when Kyrie's playing, doubling down, trying to win those games. And James Harden, this is his team now. Let's see what he can do. You mentioned Joe Harris, JJ. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Nash said he's progressing in his rehab, but he's not quite to the point where he's going to be able to join the team uh, in the imminent future. But it's coming. We're getting a little bit closer. We are also not done yet on NBA Today. Thank you, gentlemen. Coming up, we are going live to San Francisco for a report on what is ailing the Splash Brothers. So how can the Warriors get back on track tonight against the Pistons? Keep it locked on NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Two and a half years, 175 games, 941 days. Here he is. I think he's healthy. Good look at a three. There it is. First dunk, first three. Been a while on the sidelines watching. Now it's time to play. I ain't got no other options. I'm just so grateful to be out here in the love I received this tonight. I will never forget. So the night Clay Thompson returned in Chase Center, it was goosebump-inducing. 
And from the arena being on its feet when he was warming up to the opening lineups where I could barely hear his name being called because the crowd was so loud, it, it really felt like the woes of the world just melted away and, and gave way to joy, even just for a second. And since then, the Warriors have bobbled. They went one and three on their road trip, and Draymond Green has been battling a calf injury. But now they're back in the Bay, and they're hoping to turn things around. So ahead of tonight's matchup against the Pistons, I'm excited to bring in our new Warriors beat reporter, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, welcome to the team. But I want to talk about Golden State here. What's been their mindset as they try to get back on track? Well, Malika, the mood after shoot-around this morning was very subdued. It was quiet. Guys just kept their heads down and put in their work because they know coming off of that one-in-three road trip, there is a lot of work for them to do, but none of them are reaching for the panic button right now. Steve Kerr said that they're just going through a rough patch of their season, and this happens to every team every year. They just need to figure out how to get back on track. Now, some might be inclined to reach for that panic button because the slump, if that's what we're going to call it, seems to have come out of the blue, especially thinking back to just how dominant the Warriors were to start the season. Mm. They skyrocketed to the top of the league and, and didn't experience any of those growing pains that maybe you expect when you're integrating so many new guys to the roster and rotation. But those growing pains are catching up with them. You mentioned bringing Clay back after two and a half years. Steph Curry missed a game with a hand injury. Gary Payton II missed two games. Now right. Draymond Green's out for at least two weeks as he deals with that calf injury. So they just have to figure out how to get back on track. But Andrew Wiggins told me this morning that they're not panicked. And right now the seven-game homestand, which starts tonight feels like the perfect opportunity to do so. Okay, so they're not reaching for the panic button quite yet, but you mentioned the Warriors are still integrating Clay again. So through the four games since he's been back, Clay has been shooting 36% from the field and 36 from three-point range. So Kendra, what has Clay said about his performance so far? Well, the other night after their game in Minnesota, Clay said it's very rare for a guy to have a two-plus year hiatus and come back just as dominant as he was before. So he's really trying to apply that patience that he learned over the past two and a half years and apply it to his shot coming back. And really, the Warriors need to apply that patience as a whole. Only three members of this team have played with Clay before, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. So a lot of guys are readjusting their roles, particularly Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. But Andrew said as they learn how to play with him as they get the feel for being on the court with clay all of that should work itself out mm, absolutely and we will be watching to see how they can try to turn this thing around especially on this homestand kendra thank you so much sis let's do this again this is pretty fun absolutely <laughs> oh park oh look at this are you just producing this, this whole show today this this is a proud moment. Hey, Kendra, congratulations. Happy to have you part of the NBA family. But look, Malika, you know last week you shot the little salad thing at me, right? <laughs> and I told you, okay? I caught it. So, Kendra, look, we unfiltered and we shoot slugs on here. I need you to tell us something about Malika growing up as a child that used Ooh. to get on your nerves. I need to hear. Nothing. I need to hear. I need to hear. No, I, I, I excuse you. I don't, I don't want to get on her bad side. I don't want to get on her bad side. No, it's no, but, no, um, it's, it's, it's no there, bad side. All I'll say is that there was one time where she may have tr tried to sit on me and put a pillow on my head because I took her Legos. So we'll excuse just. Uh, oh, I thought uh, you were going to uh, say when I had to because that you you were uh, snoring. Nah. So I didn't mean to. I just wanted to stop the snoring. <laughs> 
Get out of the shot. You're, you're not in this block. We still have more to come on NBA Today. And yes, you will be involved in it, Perk. I pinky promise. It's a L.A. state of mind. So we hit on the latest on the Lakers and the Clippers. When might we see Paul George back on the court? With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. All right, let's go coast to coast on yesterday's action. We're going to have to start with the Portland Trailblazers because C.J. McCollum, he returned for the Blazers after missing the last 18 games, and he scored 16 points in 28 minutes as Portland beat the Magic. Yusuf Nurkic had 21 points, 22 rebounds in his third career 2020 game. So, Tim, do you see the Blazers making the playoffs this year? Oh, man, they're, I think they're going to be a play-in uh, play team. 7 through 10, somewhere in there, and probably get bounced. All right. Well, another injured all-star returned. Bam Adebayo played for the first time since late November and scored 14 points in the Heat's win against the Raptors. And then Jimmy Butler had his second triple-double of the season. So, Matt, how big is it for Bam to be back here? It's huge. This team's been floating under the radar all season and has a great chance to win a championship this year. Oh, well... I mean, we're getting some heat love today. I know producer Hillary loves that. All right, let's get to the ATL because the Hawks, they beat the Bucks behind Trey Young's 30 points and 11 assists. And Atlanta overcame a 14-point deficit to snap a 10-game home losing streak. So, Tim, what stood out to you from Trey's performance specifically? Well, look, I think this team has lost its swagger. I think they realize expectations are hard to live up to. They set the bar high last year, and they're going through some growing pains. Well, and you have to imagine this game means a little bit to them considering this was the Eastern Conference finals rematch and then last but certainly not least the Clippers they beat the Pacers and scored a season high 139 points but later in the day their two injured superstars Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were at a playoff Rams game or I should say the playoff Rams game it was a big one. So now to talk a little bit more about the state of Los Angeles basketball. Joining us on the desk is senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. So Woj, I do want to start with the Clippers here because Paul George, he's been out since the team announced on Christmas he was dealing with a torn UCL in his right elbow. So what's the latest on his timetable? Uh, Malika, the, I'm told that the Clippers are going to extend that initial three to four week period of rest uh, for Paul George. Likely for a few more weeks. They want to see how this elbow um, uh, uh, heals, uh, how it responds to the rest. So you're looking now, and he's taking you close to the uh, all-star break 
in mid-February. Uh, but so Paul George will continue to be out. They're going to continue to see how he responds to rest for that elbow injury. Okay, so several more weeks you're reporting that, that he is going to be out. But Matt, they're also without Kawhi Leonard, right. who is still dealing with recovering from that torn ACL. So is this a lost season for the Clippers here? Uh, first off, hats off to uh, Ty Lue for just keeping things together. You lose Kawhi, now you lost PG, but they're still in the hunt. You know, they're at the eighth seed right now. Um, but I would make sure that the, the health of my two stars is most important, so I'm not rushing either one of those guys back. Okay, so we're going to stick in L.A. and go to the other Los Angeles team because the Lakers, they snapped a three-game losing streak last night by beating the Jazz. But, Woj, take us inside the front office right now. What's the state of what's being talked about behind the scenes? Listen, there's no question the Lakers have talked about uh, Frank Vogel's, uh, uh, you know, is, is the possibility of a change something that makes sense for them. But ultimately, it gets back to this. I think they look at, I think the depth of their coaching staff. This is a different coaching staff than they had last season when they had Jason Kidd on staff, who obviously went on to become the head coach in Dallas. David Fisdale's been a head coach twice. He was the acting head coach, and Frank Vogel was out with... Uh, COVID, but all of a sudden, let's say hypothetically you move David Fisdale up. Now you look at the staff and you go, is this a staff that we're positive it's going to be better than what we have with Frank Vogel? I think they want to give Frank Vogel every chance here. I think last night was an important game for him. What I think what any coach with a struggling team has to avoid is what happened in Denver the other night. When you lose by 37, when your team's non-competitive, and then the questions become, has he lost the locker room? Well, that was an emphatic no last night, how they played against the Jazz. You know, they're going to get Anthony Davis back here. But I think this is an organization I think that wants to continue with Frank Vogel, but there's certainly a lot of pressure always uh, in that seat with, with the head coach of the Lakers. No one's going to survive losing for very long, but I think right now Frank Vogel, I think he's got the opportunity to, to certainly hang in there until they get AD back and then really see what this team is. Well, there's two sides to this coin, though, right? Because it's what the, the staff can do, and then it's the roster. So as you're looking at this roster, Legs, as it's currently constructed, what needs to change for them? Yeah, Matt and I were talking about this earlier. I mean, you're, you're talking about a veteran group that honestly has very little interest in the regular season. Now, the problem with the Lakers is if you think you're going to flick that switch once you get AD back, the weather gets warmer, you smell April 15th around the corner when the playoffs start, and you think you can just solve all your problems, then they're mistaken. Because you're not going to come, I don't think, out of the Western Conference playing on the road in every single round, which is what they're really facing right now. Having said all of that, though, Rhodes hit it on the head. Listen, talent makes up for a lot of mistakes. And when you add a guy that's a multi-dimensional game changer on both ends of the floor like Anthony Davis, and you get a number of games under their belt, with LeBron, with Westbrook, right. Carmelo back, when we can finally really see what is the ceiling of this team, we'll have a better idea. Right now, like a lot of teams in this league, they're missing a really key guy, and it's hard to evaluate exactly what they're going to be. Also, the age of their roster, I think the second half of the year is what these guys are built for. So let's get AD back, get some games under the belt, and then we can really judge what the Lakers are, because right now, they're not a contender in the Western Conference. we got to see what it looks like with AD. Well, the trade deadline is looming, and as long as Adrian Wojnarowski is on this panel, I have to ask, is there anything brewing right now for the Lakers? Listen, the Lakers tried. They tried to get involved with Cam Reddish. You know, the Knicks had a better asset for them. I think the Lakers are in a tough spot to do anything other than just kind of move the furniture around, to think that they've got the assets to do something to get dramatically better. Uh, listen, Taylor Horton Tucker, a good young player. Listen, he's probably better than what they can get 
for Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is yet to play this season. They put him in some trade discussions. Uh, but this is a team, listen, Miles Turner, who's a player in Indiana, he, he's out with a you know, stress reaction in his foot. I'm told he will be out past the trade deadline in February, you know, which makes trade talks more difficult for Indiana to get max value back for him. I think, for the most part, the Lakers' improvement is going to have to come from within. They just don't have tradable assets, especially with so few sellers in the market. There are going to be other teams who can offer those select few sellers better offers than the Lakers will be able to. So that improvement likely is going to have to be internal. Woj, thank you so much for joining us today with your insight and reporting. Wednesday Night Hoops, the Clippers, they're our second game of our doubleheader, and LaMelo and the Hornets square off against the Celtics to start us off at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Clippers at the Nuggets with our pals Mark Jones and Richard Jefferson on the call. NBA Countdown gets us started at 7 o'clock Eastern. Coming up on NBA Today, we go to the top of the top. These plays were the best of college basketball, so stick around to find out who made the cut in the NBA. NBA Today, back in 60 seconds. Welcome back to NBA Today, Friday night on ESPN. It's the Bulls and the Bucks at 8 Eastern, and a special one-hour NBA countdown gets us started at 7 o'clock Eastern. So, yesterday, gentlemen, we had 12 games for ML Table, so it was really hard to narrow this down for the top of the top, but we're going to try and run it anyway, starting with top posters, and we have to start in D.C. because Kyle Kuzma, I, I said Russell Westbrook detonated, Kyle Kuzma over Joel Embiid. Big dunk. He's been waiting for his moment to shine. He's really starting to spread his wings in Washington. I'm happy for him. You and JoJo try to time that one up. Sometimes when you get there late, you get your feelings hurt. And that, that happened right there. So props up to Kuzma. That was nasty. Uh, Frustration came out on one yard for Russell Westbrook. He didn't really just rip that rim down with one hand and start cussing everyone out. But I'm happy, like I said, I'm happy for him. This guy's making a lot of flack, and hopefully he'll be better in the second half. Are you sure he didn't cuss anyone out at the end of that? Because I'm not sure I'm willing to say he didn't do that. Didn't rip down the rim, though. All right, well, and then we have to do top and one. Yesterday in Miami, Ricky Scotty Barnes went coast to coast and slammed it down. Really like this guy, man. Played well when Siakam's out, kind of finding out who he is with Siakam in there, but very glad you should And you know you did something special when you take two defenders into the third row with you. I mean, you got through a beer, I think. I see some popcorn flying. Took two heat with him and still finish it. And that's just a rookie. Is he a rookie of the year, Mike? I think Evan Moten right now for me be the leader in the clubhouse, but he's certainly right the special. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's go ahead to top dime because it's your guy earlier, Darius Garland. himself right now you know he's got a lot of confidence he's been giving the reins to this team and like I said the numbers he's put up over the last three weeks are as good as anybody's gonna have for a point guard in the three-game stretch love this young man's game Kevin Love incredibly impressive pass to start off that play this is you guys know this it's my favorite basketball term it's top jelly so in the garden yesterday Miles Bridges put on a show Jelly for some sparkle. Most improved player of the year, in my opinion. Uh, he really made a great decision by not, not taking the offer that team made him early in the season. They're going to have to bring that money way up, Blake. I love that call for most improved player. I think that's right on that. 
No one thought that Miles Bridges could be a guy that could be a 20 to 25 points per game scorer in the NBA. He's doing it every single night. He is explosive. Is there anyone that's close in that conversation? I think Jordan Poole would have to be in the discussion yeah. as well. Okay. Because you get more of an opportunity, really, more than anything. So we have Miles Bridges. i, I got to bring it back to the discussion we had earlier. If John Moran is an MVP, then who is right now? Because the race with Kevin Durant down feels wide open to me. Yeah, more guys than ever. I think yeah. in the discussion at this time of year. Normally it's kind of like two guys. Right. I think there are five or six different guys. Joel Embiid is surging right now, by the way. So the honest attempt to has yeah. an opportunity right now with some guys. And let's not forget about Steph because he's had a rough several weeks. Absolutely. So, it'll, it'll, like, like Jake that's, that's a tiny little yeah. sample size. Well, thank you for joining Kendrick Perkins today. We really appreciate <laughs> you tuning in. NFL Live is next, and we will see you tomorrow.